We are wrapping up a series today called Don't Settle. Don't Settle. We've been talking about how to live your best life in 2018 and beyond. Don't settle. And today we're going to be studying a portion of Scripture in the book of Luke. So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to be taking us through the verses 22 through 31. And we're going to talk today about don't settle for worry. Don't settle for worry in Luke 12, verse 22. And we're going to look all the way through verses 31 and unpack those verses today. Let's look together. Luke 12, verse number 22 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. That, that's the thrust. That's the key for where we're headed today. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body more than than clothes. And one of the things that I love about the Bible is it hits us right where we live. Because the truth is humanity spends a lot of time worrying. We, we, we worry about our health. And there have been times I've been really worried about my own health and found myself stressed out even in the hospital a couple of times, worried. And I've been worried about my, my family's health on occasion and just, just being, being worried about what they're going through physically. We, we can worry about the future. And there have been times when I've been worried about the future and what's going to happen and what, 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 what's going to take place if I make this decision and, and just worried about the future. And we could be worried about finances. And when my wife and I first got married, I just, I just graduated from college, and I was worried about how am I going to take care of this new wife that God has given me. I was worried that there are some people that find themselves worried about the economy or worried about politics or worried about gas prices. Or perhaps today you're here and you're worried about your job or you're worried about a relationship and how is it going to work out. And we can just find ourselves worried about so many things. And let me tell you something about worry. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. Some of you find yourself worrying about everything. And the reality is this, most of the things that you're worried about will never happen. It never happened. And yet you're always worrying. Friends, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And some of you don't have strength for today because of worry. Worry is sucking the strength right out of you. That's what worry will do. Some of you are lacking strength because of worry. Friends, worry doesn't solve tomorrow's problems. It robs you of today's peace. And some of you don't have peace today because of worry. It's robbing you of peace and the peace of God and a peace of mind. Listen, worry is not solving any problems for tomorrow. It's just robbing you of peace today. Listen, worry will wreck our lives. And here's what Jesus goes on to do in these following verses. Jesus explains to us some wrong thinking we have about worry. Wrong thinking we have about worry. And I want to expose that wrong thinking today because I don't want you to settle for worry in 2018. So I want to expose it today. And the first thing that Jesus highlights is this. Worry devalues your worth. Worry devalues your worth. Notice this in Luke 12, verse 24. He says, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable, notice that, how much more valuable you are 
than birds. Friends, God takes care of the birds, and he'll take care of you. I said, God takes care of the birds, and he'll take care of you. There were two birds sitting in a tree talking to one another. And as they were talking to one another, one bird said, look at the humans. They're always walking around so anxious. Look at them, just worry on their face. They're always rushing around and running around, just so worried. Why do the humans worry so much? And the other bird responded, friend, I don't think they have a heavenly father like we do. Friends, can I tell you, we have a heavenly father just like the birds do. We have a God that loves us, that will take care of us. Friends, birds don't even have the same promises we have. They don't have the promise of eternal life. They aren't created in the image of God, yet they do not worry. Matter of fact, tomorrow morning, just wake up and like clockwork, look out the window, like clockwork, those birds will be up chirping, singing songs, not worried at all, just trusting the Lord. And Jesus is saying, I take care of the birds and I will take care of you. You are way more valuable than any bird. Friends, his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. Somebody shout, I know. Say, I know. I know. He watches me. You got to know it. You got to know that you got a God that watches you. You are valuable to God. You're a VIP. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you're a VIP. Let them know you're a VIP. Oh, yes, you are. You're very important to God. You're a VIP. Worry devalues your worth. Number two is this. Worry devalues God's faithfulness. It devalues God's faithfulness. Notice this in Luke 12 and verse 28. Jesus says, if, this, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Then he says this, you of little faith. Friends, God is faithful. You have to have faith in God's faithfulness. If you will put your trust in God, he will take care of you. And some say this, well, pastor, I don't understand how God will take care of me. I got problems. I got dilemmas. I got, I got challenges. And I struggle having faith in God. I just don't understand God's ways. How will he take care of me? And friends, you don't understand a lot of things but you still have faith in them. You don't understand what they're doing in the kitchen when you go to the restaurant and eat. <laughs> but you have faith in it. You don't know. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're putting in there. And they're putting boogers in your food. Are you? <laughs> Welcome to People's Church. You don't know what they're doing. Back there with the flu, sneezing on your food. You don't know. You don't know, but you have faith in it. True story. This week, you know, we were, our last week of prayer and fasting, I was at an establishment, and I ordered a 
fruit smoothie, a strawberry banana smoothie. And, and the person making my smoothie after I ordered they were making it, the person sneezed. I was sitting down waiting for them to make my smoothie, and, and uh, I caught the end of the sneeze. So like, hachoo, and I looked at the end of it, and I didn't know where you all, where, where you all sneezed. Like, hachoo, what did he sneeze on? And I was watching. Like, I know he's going to wash his hands. That dude did not wash his hands? He made my smoothie and handed it to me? If you don't know me, I'm a germaphobe. That is nasty. That might send you to hell. Come on, somebody. Would you wash your hands? What is wrong with you? You don't know what they're doing? You ever been in the airport and they announce on the loudspeaker, your flight is delayed for 30 minutes. There's a mechanical problem. And all of a sudden, 30, 30 minutes later, you're ready to board your flight. The mechanical problem has been fixed. You don't know what they did? You don't know the qualification of the person working on that plane? But you just walk on on. Just get on on. I'm flying. You don't know. But you have faith. You don't know the pilot. You know how long the pilot's been flying? You don't walk on the airplane and say, I got to ask a few questions. How long you been flying? You drunk? How your marriage? You been smoking anything? You got how much sleep you get last night? You don't know, but you get on and fly anyways. You have faith. And first, I'm telling you, God is way more faithful than a restaurant. He's way more faithful than an airline. You ought to trust God. You don't have to understand everything. You ought to have faith in the God of the universe. You ought to trust him. Friends, when worry comes in the front door, trust in God goes out the back door. Somebody ought to trust God instead of worrying. Number three is this. Jesus explains some wrong thinking about worry. Number three is this. Worry does not work. Worry does not work. No, notice he says this in Luke chapter 12 and verse 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? He says it doesn't work. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Jesus says, why do you worry? He says, worry does not work. It's, it's useless. It doesn't help anything. Worrying can't make you taller or shorter. It, it, it won't make you younger or older. Worrying won't make you richer or poorer. Worrying can't change the past. It can't change the present. It can't control the future. The only thing worry changes is you. It'll make you miserable. It'll rob you of strength. It'll rob you of peace. It will stop you from living your best life. Come on, think about it with me. When you really think about worry, it's irrational. It's irrational. If you worry about something you can't change, it's useless. Have you ever found yourself worrying about something you can't change? It's useless. You ever been worried about the weather? Oh, man, hope it don't snow. Hope it don't snow. Oh, can't even sleep. Hope it don't snow. Get up in the morning. Check the news with weather. Check the check the weather. I, can, I hope it don't snow. Like you, like checking the weather's gonna do something. Uh, you, you ever been there? If it's something you can't change, why worry about it? It's useless. And if you worry about something you can change, it's stupid. Change it and stop worrying. 
Change it. Come on, everybody shout, change it. Come on, shout it again, change it. That's right, quit worrying and change it. I want to talk to you for a few moments about three changes to win over worry. Three changes to win over worry. Three changes. And the first is this, plan instead of worry. Plan instead of worry. Instead of worrying about something, get a plan to change it. If you're concerned about an area of your life, here's what I want you to do. Put a plan together and change it. It may be with your marriage or relationship. Put a plan together and change it. Maybe with your children. Put a plan together and change it. Maybe it's with your job or your future. Put a plan together and change it. Maybe it's with your finances. Put a plan together and change it. Matter of fact, finances is one of the number one reasons people worry. And Jesus knew this. Here's what he says back in Luke chapter 12 and verse 22. I I read this to you, but I want you to see it from a fresh perspective and lens. He says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, your resources, or about your body, what you will wear, your resources. Life is more important than food. He says life is more than food. And the body more than clothes. It's more than resources. It's more than, than finances. Jesus says don't worry about your finances. But the reality is so many people are worrying about finances. And here's what I want to encourage you. Instead of worrying, would you put together a plan? The Bible is all about planning. Matter of fact, birds don't worry, but they do plan. Just go ahead and drop your McDonald's french fry. <laughs> drop another one. Me and the whole crew's waiting. They don't worry, but they do plan. They got a plan. The Bible's all about planning. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. You got to get a plan. Listen, in 2018, stop worrying and get a plan and change it. Let me talk to you for a few moments about a plan, some aspects of a plan that you need to consider. Some of of these things I want to give you right now are just aspects to help you put together a solid plan so that you don't worry. Instead, you work the plan. And especially in the arena of your finances, so many people are worried But instead of worrying, put together a plan. Here's some things you need to have in a plan. Number one is this. Discover where you are financially. Discover where you are financially. On paper. I mean, don't guess about it. Don't say, I think. No, sit down and put the work in to say, how much am I bringing in? How much am I spending? Put together a plan. You say, Pastor, don't nobody have time to do all of that? But what you're saying is, I don't have time to plan, but I got time to worry. Here's what I've learned. What I'm going to give you right now are simple things to do. But whatever is simple to do is simple not to do. But the simple things, if you will plan and do them, it will change your life. And worry will go down. Number two is this. Here's the second part of your plan. If you're married, involve your spouse. Involve your spouse. So many marriages don't have peace and they worry in this arena of their life because the spouses aren't on the same page. Would you sit down with your spouse? It may take hours. It may take days. It may take weeks. But would you sit down and get on the same page financially? Get on the same page. Talk it out. Number three is this. Set a goal. Set a goal. What do you want to accomplish? You have to know where you want to go. 
If you don't know where you want to go, any road will take you there. What's important to you? You have to know that. If you're going to have a solid plan, you got to know what's important to me. What do we want to accomplish? Set a goal. You got to know where you're going. Number four is this, talking to you about a plan. Instead of worrying, put together a plan and work the plan. Number four is this, assess needs versus wants. Assess your needs versus wants. Most people confuse needs and wants. Question for you, is your smartphone a need or a want? It's a want. It's a want. Hi, I'm Herbert. I'm your friend. <laughs> and what we have to do is figure out, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? What's my goal? And then we have to now review and say, what are needs and what are wants? And we've got to cut down on our wants and use that money to achieve our goal. Listen, if you're not careful, your wants are not lining up with your goals. So you got to set a goal, and then you got to assess needs and wants. I'm talking to you about good planning and hard work. It will help you have less worry if you get a plan and work to plan. Number five is this, establish a budget. Establish a budget. Give every dollar a name. You say, Pastor, I don't have time to do, to, to do all of that, but you have time to worry. Put together a plan. Don't keep wondering where your money went. Start telling it where to go. And it is work. It's a plan. My wife and I do this. We have a plan for our finance. We have a budget. We tell those dollars where to go, and then every month we review it, and we examine it, and we look and see, are we following the plan that we laid out? Do we have to reallocate anything? We, we follow a plan and tell those dollars where to go. you got to get on a budget and tell your dollars where to go instead of wondering where they went. Number six is this. Talk about a plan, a plan. Work a plan instead of worrying. Number six, keep $1,000 in an emergency fund. Somebody just said, what? <laughs> Pastor, you're crazy. I'm not got no $1,000 to be putting away in no emergency fund. Would you wake up and smell the coffee? Let, let me help you. Having an emergency fund is critical. You see, here's what most people do. Most people think that they, they're always experiencing the unexpected. But really, the most, most of the things that we're experiencing are not unexpected. We're just not prepared for them. And it feels unexpected. But if you really process it with me, you realize things break down. Cars break down. Electronics break down. Gadgets break down. Appliances break down. We don't know which one in which order, but we know things break down. But the reality is this, when we don't have $1,000 set aside in an emergency fund and something breaks down, it feels so unexpected and we don't know what to do, so we have to charge it up on, charge it on a credit card. And we may even have a financial goal, but we can never achieve our financial goal because the unexpected is always happening. We're not prepared for it, and it always detours us from reaching our goal. And so you got to get $1,000 set aside. Do whatever it takes to do it as long as it's legal and God-honoring. I thought I better throw that in there. Some of y'all kind of new to the faith, Amen. Due to the faith. <laughs> Got to be legal. Got to honor God. Have a garage sale. Do what you got to do, but set it aside. And then when something happens, something breaks down, because it's not if, it's when. Something's going to break down. Welcome to life. 
And when it does, now you have $200 to, to get it fixed. And then what you do after you fix it, then you got to replenish and put it. Make sure you get back $1,000 back in that emergency fund so that you're ready for the next unexpected so that you can reach your goal. You have to prepare for the unexpected because it's really not unexpected. It's going to happen. Number seven is this. Number seven is this. Pay down debt smallest to largest. Pay down debt smallest to largest. Dave Ramsey calls it debt snowball. We're going to talk to you some about that in our financial class coming up next week. Number eight is this. Get a savings account. For, for some of you, this is where you are. Not everybody in the room, but for some of you, this is where you are. You're a pretty good steward of your resources, and you got to now get a savings account and start saving a percentage of your money so that if you don't own a home, you can put a down payment down on a home or maybe have, establish a college fund or pay cash for an appliance, your next big purchase, a car, be able to pay cash for it. Get a savings account. This is really critical because we don't want you to worry. We want you to work a plan so that you can have peace. Number nine is this, retirement. Set money aside for retirement. If your job has a matching fund, match, max that thing out, baby. Preach, pastor, I'm trying to. Max it out. If your job does not offer any kind of 401K or some kind of retirement plan, then you get with a planner. You get with somebody to help you with a financial plan for your retirement. There's no need to worry about your future. Plan for it. Plan for it. It's coming. You're getting older every year. If Jesus tarries, you're going to keep getting older. Plan for it. That's what my wife and I did years ago. We sat down with a financial planner, and we started investing in retirement. We set aside money every single month into retirement and been doing it for years. Don't worry. Plan. So go to Morgan Stanley, Edward Jones. There's people in our church that are financial planners and get some help. Don't worry. Plan. Number 10 is this. Get some life insurance. Life insurance. Here's your, it's your decision. In your death, you can be a blessing or a burden. You can decide. Now, now my wife... I am worth way more to her dead than I am alive. Way more. I mean, way more. Sister is hooked up if I die. She is. I just thought I'd let y'all know that. Amen. If we want to get that out in the air, praise the Lord. Life, it's got to be a part. Listen, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. If I die, I'm worried. Don't worry, plan. It's, it's just stupid to worry when you can actually change it and get together a plan. Number 11 is this. This is the most important step in the plan. Number 11 is this. Enlist the help of godly mentors. Enlist the help of godly mentors. This has been so key in my life. I talked about it last week. Listen, I have learned these principles from God's word and godly mentors. Back when I was a teenager, it was my Uncle James who taught me how to save money and said, Herbert, save up money for a car, and you can buy 10 hoopties that would be, and, and, and instead of buying one brand new car. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense to me. I know some of you don't know what a hooptie is. Go Google it. It'll, it'll tell you, all right? And I learned how to pay cash for cars and save money and not get myself into debt. Still today, the only debt my wife and I have is our home. But I learned that from a mentor. And then I learned about savings. I learned about investing in retirement from mentors that taught me. I'm telling you, get to the financial class. It's absolutely free because we want you to experience freedom in your life. Less worry and more peace. On Wednesday nights at 7, you can either take the class on Wednesday nights, starting this Wednesday. It's free here at the church at all campuses. Also, you can show up Sunday morning. Next Sunday, we also offer the class for three Sundays in a row. 
It's absolutely free. Just attend the 9 a.m., and then you'll have to, because that's when the class is offered at 9 a.m., then you'll have to worship at the 1030 service. I know for the noon crowd, you're like, Pastor, you are messing up my sleep. I'm sorry. The class is at 9. If that doesn't work for you, get here at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. You say, Pastor, I just don't have time to do it. You don't have time not to do it. I'm saying you got to get some help. We all need it. And the people teaching this class are qualified. One of the couples, they're not millionaires. They're not wealthy. They just stewarded their money in God's way. They're debt-free. Their home is paid off. They're putting money into retirement. The wife is able to stay home and take care of the children because they plan for it. They're going to be teaching you. Get there Wednesday or Sunday is critical. And some of you have a passion for this. I'm talking to some of you. Some of you are like, yeah, pastor, preach, teach, say it. That's what I do too. If that's you, if that's you, would you get in the lobby today and sign up to lead a group? Would you sign up to teach, take somebody through Dave Ramsey Financial Peace or take them through, through Crown Ministries, Larry Burkett? We need you to help other people to get free financially so they don't have to worry. They can have peace. Get in that lobby today after church and the group life area and sign up. Matter of fact, today is group launch Sunday. Go find the group. It'll help you in so many areas of your life. Matter of fact, my small group starts again tonight. I can't wait. Fasting is over. Amen. Come on, what is fasting awesome? Thank all of you for fasting and praying. God moved. God worked because he's going to continue to work and move because we fasted. But now fasting is over. Tonight's cake, chips, and queso. Amen. Find you a group and get in it and watch how it will change your life. Number 12 is this. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time. Don't take shortcuts. And don't get discouraged one day at a time. It takes time to gain financial stability and peace. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11 says, dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little. We don't like that part, but it's biblical. One day at a time, little by little makes it grow. Plan instead of worry. Number two is this. Number two is this. We're talking about three changes to win over worry. Number two, guard your heart instead of worrying. Guard your heart. Luke chapter 12, verse 29, Jesus says, and do not set your heart. It's about your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. Jesus says, don't set your heart on money. Don't set your heart on stuff. If you set your heart on money, it will control your life. And that's how the world operates. The world is consumed with stuff, with money. And here's the reality. Money is a powerful tool, but a horrible God. It's a horrible master to serve. You try to serve money, you will find out that you're never satisfied. You always want more. Greed will consume your heart. And all you want is more money and more stuff. If I just get more, I'll be happy. That'll be the answer. And you'll always want more, and you'll end up making foolish and unwise decisions, sometimes even harmful decisions. And you know what greed does? Greed leads to worry. And Jesus says, don't set your heart on more stuff. Matter of fact, Luke chapter 12, Jesus says in verse 15, then he said to them, watch out. You got to watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. There's all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. He says, guard your heart because greed will mess you up. Watch out for it. 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You got to watch out for greed. You got to learn to be satisfied with what you have. Or greed will consume your life and mess you up. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. But here's what people think. People think, no, pastor, more money is great gain. And the Bible says, no, 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 no. No matter how little you have or how much you have, great gain is when you can learn to be content with what you have. Friends, because no matter how much you make, if you don't learn to be content, you'll always want more. No matter how much you make or how little you make, if you don't learn to be content, you'll just always want more. The monster of more. Contentment is not a dollar issue. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It doesn't matter how much you make. You got to learn to be content with what you have. And in 2018, would you learn to be content so that it won't lead to worry? Because when you're dissatisfied financially and you always want more, it's going to lead to worry and poor decisions. Guard your heart from greed. Jesus says, don't you set your heart on the things that the world says. I will provide for you. Don't set your heart on that stuff. Number three is this. Number three is this. Number three. Three changes so that we don't worry. Worship instead of worry. Worship Instead of worry, here's what he goes on to say in Luke chapter 12, verse 31. But seek his kingdom. And in some of the other gospels, it says, but seek first his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, if you will seek God first, if you will prioritize your financial life around God, if you will worship God with your finances, with your entire life, God says, I will provide all these other things for you. I'll provide them. I know you need them. Put God first in your life, and he will provide for every need. Worship God with your life in 2018. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Let me give you four ways to do it. Four ways to worship God with your life. Number one, give God the first part of your year. The first part of your year. Make up in your mind that every January you're going to pray and fast. It's a way to consecrate yourself to God and say, God, I give you the first part of my year. Here's the principle. Whatever you put God first in, he'll bless the rest. God, I give you the first part of my year, and I believe you're going to bless the rest of my year. Set aside time in every January to fast and to pray, to seek God. Number two is this. Here's how you worship God with your life. Give God the first part of your month. The first part of your month. Here's where it comes to your resources. Say, God... The first 10% of every dollar that I earn will go back to you, to the local church that I worship. I'm just going to worship you. I seek you first in the area of my resources. Some of you get paid every month. Some of you biweekly. Some of you every week. Set it aside, every paycheck, and say, God, I'm going to tithe first. The first 10% belongs to you. Worship God with your year, fasting and prayer every year. Worship God every month with your resources. God, I'm going to return the tithe back to you. Number three is this. Give God the first part of your week. The first part of your week. It's awesome that Sunday is the first day of the week. And every Sunday say, God, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to be in church every week that I can. 
to worship in a service and to serve in a service. I'm going to worship in a service and I'm going to serve in a service. Every Sunday that I can, God, I'm worshiping and I'm serving. I'm giving you two and a half hours out of my week. I'm starting my week off in your house. It's so easy to get so focused. But I got extracurricular activities. The kids got ball games. We got stuff going on. There's family activities. It's so easy and you find yourself pushing God out of your schedule. And I'm telling you, that's the worst thing that you could do. Seek first God's kingdom. Say, God, Sunday, you getting a part of this. I'm starting my week off with worship and serving. Give God the first part of your year, fasting and prayer. Give God the first part of every month, tithe. Give God the first part of every week, worship and serve every Sunday in church. Number four is this. Give God the first part of your day. The first part of your day. Every day, say, God, the first 15 minutes of my day belongs to you. Before I do anything else, I'm going to read my Bible five minutes. I'm going to pray five minutes. I'm going to worship five minutes. Everybody has 15 minutes to give to God. Give God the first. Listen, people's church, in 2018, worship your way through your problem instead of worrying your way through your problem. Worship your way through your problem. Worship your way through your problem. Seek first God's kingdom. Worship your way through your problem. Because when worship goes up, worry goes down. Worship. Seek first God's kingdom. And all these other things will be added to you as well. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word today.